get the slug, CB4 gusto, your luck low. I didn't know till I was drunk though. You freak niggas played out, get fucked and ate out. Prostitute turn bitch, I got the gauge out. 96 ways I made out. Montana way, the good F-E-L-L-A. Verbal AK spray, dip the tattoo, jump out the range, empty out the ashtray. A glass of Zay, making mad casters, clay, red dot plots, murder schemes, 32 shotguns. Regulate with my thun, 17 rocks, gleam for one ring. They let me let y'all niggas know one thing. That's one life, one love, so Hi, welcome to the White child. Bikini. My name is Marie White, and joining me today is my co-host, Nicholas Banton. How are you, Nicholas? I'm great, Marie. It's good to be with you once again. Today is Friday, March 10th, 2023. And today, upon the year anniversary, we are going to discuss Chris Rock versus Will Smith. Okay, let's get into it. And of course, Chris Rock did have his Netflix special called Selective Outrage that I did watch and you also watched. Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of talk about your feelings about the show, but also is it time for Chris Rock and Will Smith to move on as two grown men in their 50s? And I think important role models for the black community. Well, let me answer the latter question first. And the answer is yes, it's time to move on. There's nothing to be gained. The bigger picture is who's winning from this. And what I'm saying Who's going to make the most money from this controversy? Because this is the way things go in our society. They're both rich. There's Chris Rock rich, and then there's Will Smith rich. And Will Smith is much, much richer. Agreed. Agreed. So I think in Chris Rock's special, I think he's trying to leverage controversy into cash. And that's the way our society works. You take outrage and you channel all that energy. You channel all that anger into money. That's what that's what Fox News does. A lot of modern comedy is about. It's about channeling people's rage and turning it into cash. And I think insofar as that is the framework, that's what Chris Rock did. And you know what? I wouldn't say Chris Rock is my favorite comedian, but I laughed. I found it funny. I thought he didn't shy away from anything personal. Sometimes when you see these performances, you get the sense that the comedian is comfortable denigrating other people. But when it comes to his personal life or her personal life, then it becomes a sacred cow. I felt Chris Rock was really open and vulnerable. And I realized it's not for everyone. He's not everyone's cup of tea. But insofar as comedy is truth, I thought he told the truth. I want to go over briefly Chris Rock, who he is and Will Smith. We obviously have a big understanding of their history past, you know, the mid 90s. But Chris Rock was born February 7th, 1966 in Georgetown, South Carolina, which I never knew. He did grow up in the impoverished Brooklyn, New York. He dropped out of high school at 17. He did later receive a high school diploma. And after that, Rock played small clubs in the New York area where he was discovered by comedian and actor Eddie Murphy. Did you know any of this? I did not. No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I found it interesting. I mean, if we can jump ahead a little bit, I will say one of the elements of his life that I found to be the most stirring and tragic was the story he told of his mom during his performance on the Netflix special describing how during segregation, his mother, as Chris Rock put it, his mother, not Harriet Tubman, not his great, 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 great grandmother, but his mother, because of segregation laws at the time she was a child, had to go to the vet for her dental care. I have to be honest, that really, really 
really upset me. I was, it really kind of, it, 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 it was upsetting. And that was one point where I began to think about Chris Rock as someone that has, is dealing with trauma. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. I, would, I will say that even though that wasn't a particularly funny moment for obvious reasons, but I think that may be the biggest takeaway for me. Yeah, the jokes were fine. I laughed. I enjoyed them. You'll have your take on whether or not you're pro Chris Rock or pro Will Smith in the controversy. And history will be the judge of that. But it that's that's the one line. And I think it was the one line probably 80% of the way through the performance describing his life and the trajectory that his life has taken. And I've heard that story before, people describing how the whims of circumstances and fate have directed their lives. But to hear it in such stark terms, to see a multimillionaire black man standing on stage, talking about his mother who was in the audience, describing her experience as a child having to go to the vet to have her dental needs taken care of. That, I, that's, sorry. that was, yeah, no, no, not at all. Please go ahead. I've never, have you ever heard of that? I have, unfortunately. I oh have. God. I have. This is, this is what we're coming from, you know, and not to sidetrack the conversation. This is why there are forces in America that don't want to have any discussion about race or critical race theory. They want to keep black people, white people dumb and stupid and focus on, you know, what's going on in the ghettos, but without asking how the ghettos got there in the first place. So this is where we are. It, I, I found that startling. I did enjoy it overall, but I also felt like it was, I guess I'm, I'm going to go back to Tom Cruise. I felt like I was watching a grown-up Chris Rock processing everything that led to who he is and where he needs to go. Yes, it's the way I put it. It's, it's when you get to a point in your life where you come to recognize that the bad guy, you are the bad guy in your life. That yes. a lot of the mistakes and a lot of the tragedies and disappointments in your life are consequence of you. You're the villain in the story and the hero. And I felt that's where he was. He recognized that's what had transpired through the previous 30 years of adult life. It was Tom Cruise's Maverick. That's what this was for Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he looked in the mirror. He looked in the mirror. I, I can separate the, the performance between funny jokes and sort of this more dimensional characteristic or character to the performance where he was vulnerable and honest and discursive about the type of growth that he's he had achieved throughout his life. And I was able to appreciate it on, on multiple different dimensions. I, I learned a lot about him very quickly. And then moving back to what we were talking about, he was discovered uh, by Eddie Murphy, which I never knew. He landed a part in Murphy's film, Beverly Hill Cop 2, which was in 1987. He also starred in Keening Ivory Wayans, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, 1988. But he got what was considered his big break at the time by earning a spot in the 1990 as a cast member on Saturday Night Live. Yes, I do remember that part. That's where the story of Chris Rock begins for me. I didn't know the previous opportunities and I didn't realize that Eddie Murphy was such an important figure in his career. He left Saturday Night Live to join the Fox Networks, which was my personal favorite show in living color, but actually was taken off the air shortly. It kind of you know, ran its course and right when he joined. And he does joke about that. And then he did in 1993, uh, excuse me, in 1996, he did cover the presidential campaign for ABC's Politically Incorrect. And I never knew that he wrote for that show. Nope. Didn't know that either. So, There's, I mean, he, so basically what we're saying is that he's paid his dues. He's done a lot, but there was something different about him. I felt a sadness in the show because I do feel, I feel like Will Smith has had an easier to use 
an old fashioned term, an easier paper route than Chris Rock. Agreed. And it's showing. It showed in that show to me. Yes. And I think part of the sadness that was captured in his performance on stage, comedy often conceals a lot of pain. And I, I you could feel the pain of his life coming through the disappointment and failure of his divorce, the moral failings he has as a father and as a husband, as a man. He revealed that he leaned into that. And I give him credit for that level of honesty because it's not an easy thing to do. Most of us are just comfortable with a facade of who we're supposed to be. And we never lean into and we certainly don't reveal the demons and the monsters that lie within. And I think for men, for gentlemen, that 55 is the age of age that you realize you're no longer 40. Yeah. For, for women, it's that mid 40s. Men take a good 10 years to catch up. And I think he's in that more reflective state of what the age happened. Yeah. Reflective is the word. Definitely reflective. It's And it's the ability to take what would normally be a source of what I would call psychological implosion, where you gain a perspective on all the horrible things that you've done throughout your life, all the things that you will never be. And that's about when you go and try to get a 25 year old and you buy a Porsche. And I get the sense that Chris Rock, not that he couldn't do those things or he hasn't desired to do those things. I get the impression that he recognizes that he's capable of so much more and in terms get- of being a better father, in terms of being a better son, in terms of being a better citizen in the community, in terms of being a better man. And it happens very quickly and the and I'm going to and I shouldn't but I'm going to shift gears a little here. The one thing I didn't like about the show is I feel like he's angry that younger women don't want to date him anymore. I'm going to jump a little cuz you reminded me but I I found some of his jokes very misogynist because he was talking about dating a 45-year-old versus a 25-year-old and I didn't I I was offended by it. Is it true obviously the women he is dating Dating, that's his point of reference. And he seems almost like an older white, an older gentleman that can't get the young girls anymore and he's angry. I think there's some truth in that. He wants it easy and he wants it on his terms because I think the way he puts it in the special, 45-year-old woman wants you to help her fix her car and replace her roof. A 25-year-old wants a handbag. I can understand the offense. My takeaway from it was that he is still struggling to gain an appreciation for the fullness of what it means to be a woman. And he wants what he wants. He wants it on his terms. And you're right. I think on a certain level, you could make the argument that he is angry and resentful that it's not that 25-year-olds won't date him. It's that the 45-year-olds want so much more from him as a man, as a partner. So I think I'm coming at it from a perspective of almost like he he recognizes that to go there would be a state of arrested development and he resents the fact that he can't live like he was 25. That's my takeaway. Yeah, and I also thought, well, who's he dating that's 45 that can't afford their own roof? Like, where is he going for his dating pool? That really aggravated me. He can elevate who he's dating. He can meet women who are educated, who are polished. He doesn't want to. He wants Uh, to be strong. He doesn't want that type of woman. That type of woman wants an investment. Um, No, Potentially. No, 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 no. Some women can pay and fix their own damn roof. No, no, no. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about fixing the roof. I'm talking, I think women of that age of substance are not going to do the hit and run necessarily. And I think that's part of the reason why the 25 year old is easy because there's another one right around the corner. And I think a a woman that you just described, a woman of a 45, 50 year old woman of substance and pedigree and interest and intelligence and sophistication probably is not going to give Chris Rock. You're not going to have a chain of these women who are just down for the hit and run. And I think some men resent that. 
that because yeah. they that's what they want. And you know my role, 55, the moment you can be a grandfather, you need to stay home. He's oh, I'm not sure. Pro- yeah, sorry. I'm not sure I agree with that, but go ahead. Well, you shouldn't be tapping. Well, let me clarify. Not stay tapping. home. Did you say tapping? I did. But you don't need to be <laughs> out there. You need to be a little more discreet. This question is fine, but I'm not. I don't think you need to put away your genitals. Uh, I don't yeah, not, agree with not that. Genitals, but, but discretion. Yeah. Yes, discretion is fine. I think I think we can all do with a little bit more discretion in our lives. I think Correct. one of the aspects of modern life is that too much is being on display. There's no sense of privacy. I don't think I don't think this generation has an appreciation for privacy and personal content and discretion. I still think he's mad he can't get Rihanna. Oh, I mean, I think most men would be mad that they can't get Rihanna. <laughs> you know, even if met- Rihanna is just a metaphor, but yes. Well, the, the, in his comedy special previously, I think he described trying to hit on Rihanna and Rihanna looked at him like he was her auntie. I always remember that. that and I, and I, I can only <laughs> imagine that feeling of like, oh my God, I'm old. I'm old. So that must have been a sobering moment. Found his comments about Beyonce very telling. Also, he wants a woman of that caliber and he can't get them and he knows it. That is interesting. And even he would admit that he's rich. He's not Jay-Z rich. For To he's get a Jay-Z, woman like yeah. Beyonce or Rihanna, first of all, Rihanna doesn't need anyone's, anyone's money. Either does Beyonce. But I think he knows he was never going to be elevated that he'd ever get a woman of Beyonce, 2000 Beyonce, not who she is now. Yeah, but the point isn't isn't part of the point though is that's what makes good comedy because how many of us would stand in front of an audience of millions and admit our insecurities like that? I'm not I'm oh, not I loved it. I loved yeah, Chris Rock. Yeah, I'm not making I'm not I'm not really shilling for Chris Rock. Chris Rock is capable of defending himself, but I I think an an interesting perspective to consider is should we give him credit for being honest about who he is, you know, warts and all? Oh, 100%. I loved I loved everything he said. Some of it I did find offensive, but that doesn't bother me because I don't have to watch Chris Rock. I can just turn him off. I didn't agree with everything he said. I'm a little more sensitive to some of the conversations, especially since he has daughters. Let's be honest. I found the whole abortion thing very jarring. I won't disagree with you. However, I think that's kind of the point. The point is we need to have these discussions. And yes, let's face it, that many of the people that are fighting to restrict abortions as soon as their daughters get unplanned pregnancy or their girlfriends or their wives or whomever, they're on a plane out of a state where abortion rights are restricted. So in some ways, I think he's making an argument about the hypocrisy of our culture that on the left, we we fail to recognize that is a human life that is being terminated. And on the right, that is a human right that's being terminated in terms of denying women control over their bodies. And I think we want to see it in a very black and white way when the truth is really difficult, but we don't want the truth. We want easy and simplistic answers. So that was my takeaway from it, because abortion is not an easy thing. I mean, I'm going to steal your analogy. Chris Rock is letting everyone know where the sausage is made and he's telling the truth. And I personally would spend money to see him in concert. I found a lot of this jarring, but I want the truth and I want him to live in the truth. But yeah. then we can turn to someone like Will Smith now. Okay, let's let's get at it. Will Smith, which I never knew this. His full name is Willard Carroll Smith Jr. Not William. Willard. Never knew that. Born September 25th, 1968. He's two years older than Chris Rock. In 
in obviously Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, because we love Will. He's an American actor and musician whose charisma and quick wit helped him transition from rap music to a successful career in acting, which we've known. Mm -hmm. Smith was giving the nickname Prince Charming in high school, which he adapted to Fresh Prince in order to reflect a more hip hop sound when he began his musical career. Didn't know that. He formed an alliance with schoolmate and DJ Jeffrey Towns, who he met in 1981. As everyone knows, they began recording and released their first single, Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble. God, it feels like five lifetimes ago, back in 1986. Later followed by the album Rock the House. And in 1988, the group released the groundbreaking single, Parents Just Don't Understand, which went on to win a Grammy Award, the first Grammy ever presented in the rap performance category, which I thought I was remember fascinating. That. I remember I was a little kid, but I do remember, I remember seeing that and I thought, this is interesting. So I guess for me, looking at Will Smith. Will's been married a long time, obviously, to Jada Pinkett Smith. They've been married 25 some years now. I think part of me is, I think Will Smith behaved very badly. I also think it was the first, I think Will Smith is now having the Tom Cruise Top Gun moment because I think Will has been putting on a big show on who he is. And I think he showed his true colors at the Oscars which is fine with me. Do you think ultimately what happened on stage was merely a function of Chris Rock telling crude jokes about Jada? Or do you think that was a man who had reached the end of his rope after in part being humiliated by his wife on national on the national stage and Chris Rock was just a trigger for an explosion? I've never believed that Will Smith's behavior was defending his marriage or his wife. I think it was just a time that he he's having his aha moment of what the hell happened to me? And that's where I think started the assault. I believe that I, I never thought Jada or his marriage had anything to do with it. But I think his marriage is a sham. Is it still together? 100%. Absolutely. But I think he's just having that moment that he, again, is like, what What the hell happened to me? I'd agree with that. I, I think that's a really astute observation. I think part of what's going on is, is that we project, we suppress anger and frustration. And I think, I don't think it was just a matter of crude jokes. I think what happened to Will Smith, Will Smith wanted to punch the world. And in that moment, it was little tiny squirrely looking Chris Rock that got punched. I love Chris Rock. When you say squirrely looking, he is so squirrely. And Will Smith is such a big guy. He's, he's a big presence physically and his spirit is very, very large. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith is the type of person who walks into a room and it just captivates it with his physical presence, his physical bearing and his personality. He has a little more polish. I hate to say it. I would agree with that. Will Smith also had the opportunity to complete high school. I mean, did he though? Actually, I don't know that if that is true. What do you know about like his schooling and his background? I think, I do think Chris, I do think uh, Will Smith, even if he didn't uh, complete a formal education, I do believe that Will Smith had the environment in which you grow, the environment in which you perform and thrive can in some ways act as a form of education, as, as almost as an informal education. Yep. He graduated on Thursday in October of 2022. Will Smith returned to his alma 
alma mater to surprise students, the Philadelphia native and Overbrook High School graduate class of 1986. Okay, so. But let's agree that growing up in Overbrook is not growing up in Bed- Bedford. Bedford it, It's yeah. a totally different. I think Will had more opportunities. Chris Rock has like seven brothers. Mm-hmm. There's just, Will Smith always seems that at least on the surface have a little more of an elevated background. Uh, I just felt like he was a little more sophisticated. It's not to a be judgment. Fair, yes, I agree with that. To be fair, it's not it's not Kobe Bryant growing up in Lower Marion. It's not quite as rarefied as that, but it's definitely a step above the access the resources available to a Chris Rock in Bedford-Stuyvesant, New York. So yes, so I think it, it's, be- it was a healthy, more nur- uh, nourishing and supportive environment that I think laid a better foundation for Will Smith than Chris Rock to thrive in hostile world. I think Chris Rock was fighting for his meals. I get that impression. I definitely get that impression too. I get Chris Rock was fighting his entire life because as he mentioned on stage, he's a small man. And when you grow up in a place like Bedford-Stuyvesant, fighting is, if you're not a victim, you're a bully. And I don't get the sense that Chris Rock had what it took to be a bully. So I get the sense that Chris Rock, as you said, was fighting fighting, fighting his entire life. And I think that's what drives his his bucket of insecurities. I think that's what drives his bucket of insecurities in the same way that I think Will Smith has his own insecurities that has plagued him. But I think for Chris Rock, because of his size, because I think he had to go up the mountain the harder way vis-a-vis Will Smith, I think that shaped a lot of who he is. And I think somewhat Chris Rock wanted the career Will Smith had. He said it. He, he wanted to be the leading man. He said it on stage. Have you ever seen me without with my shirt off? That says a lot. In, in that very, very brief moment, that says a, a lot about the careers that they've had. Will Smith is a handsome man. He has beautiful, he has leading man features. Yes, yes. And, and Chris Rock is a little tiny squirrely guy. And... And I think that's, I don't think you ever outgrow that insecurity fully. I think you just learn to live with it as you get older. And small man syndrome. Agreed. And I also think too, that Chris Rock got married very young and I sense some underlying hostility that probably his best dating years Mm -hmm. were absorbed by his marriage. Yes. Yes. And I think he's trying to do makeup. We saw the same thing with Tiger Woods. He is a mess. So much of the implosion the hot mess that was Tiger Woods was, I think, a function of a man who I think was denied his youth and the sort of the sexual exploration that comes with that. And I think being married to a beautiful Swedish supermodel or whether whatever her role was, wasn't enough because I think and I think you're right. I think Chris Rock is going through the same thing. He, what he really wants is to go back in time and live the life of almost like a hedonistic life. And you can't do it at 55. 57 you no. you just you can't go back with all and, the money in the world you can't do it because after a while you just can't pay for it anymore because no one wants your no one wants your money and that's what's happening and I noticed mm-hmm. he did not mention anyone over 50 he didn't say women 45 to 60 he would never date someone 45 even 50 he would never date a woman his age ever yeah and I think that's part of the resentment but I will say this in his defense I think he was honest about type of person he is and if you think that's a moral failing to be disinterested in women of his own age 
so be it. But at least he admitted it. Whereas I think a lot of men, you know, would just come up with some BS stories like, oh, you know, we just met at work and, you know, she just started there, was helping her out. Lies, lies, lies. She's no. young and hot and you want her. I'm, I, I'm, not a, I'm not offended by his truth. I don't blame him. Why would you date someone your own age? When you can date someone, you know, a lot younger. I guess I, that's the point. I suppose that it's that simple. Well, in 2016, Chris Rock returned as the host of the Oscar ceremony, which had drawn calls for a boycott when African-Americans failed to receive any nominations in the acting categories. Chris Rock was widely praised for his handling of the controversy, which he addressed throughout the show, notably devoting his opening monologue to the issue of racism. Fast forward, as we know, he was a presenter at the 2022 ceremony and his appearance made news after a joke about actress Jada Pinkett Smith's hair offended her husband actor Will Smith. As we know, Will Smith walked onto the stage and slapped Chris Rock, then swore at the comedian as he returned to his seat. Shortly thereafter, Smith won the Oscar for Best Actor. He apologized to Rock. And what's your assessment in a nutshell? I think, full disclosure, I like both men for very different reasons. I think Smith should have been escorted out of the ceremony, but I have to believe that I do believe the Academy and the entire world was startled by what happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think Chris Rock should have done in the moment, if anything differently? I think Chris Rock showed his true colors by not doing anything because I do believe he's a classy guy. Let's lean into another bit of controversy. What do you think this says about two black men, prominent, wealthy, influential black men having such a base interaction on international television? Not just national, but international. I think it's just adding to the angry black men syndrome and that's why I want them to make up. And how do you think they should make up? I think should they do like a tour together or <laughs> I would like them interviewed. Well, yeah, I would like them. I, I don't, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I would have said, oh, go on Oprah. There aren't those shows anymore. Maybe Jon Stewart would be a good person to bring them together. Bill Morris kind of become like an old man. Um, and I don't, Agreed. Think that, Agreed. I don't think he'd be the right person. But yeah, find someone that is kind of can elevate them to come together. And I'd like to see them on a national stage and interview to talk about their anger, accept the apology. I don't want Jada there. I don't want any discussion about his marriage, any of that, but their relationship. And I'd like him to accept Will's apology. Hasn't he though? If, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought he did accept Will's apology. Uh, if you can find proof, I'll be happy to talk about okay. it. Okay. It was an assumption on my part. I thought he had accepted the apology. Yes, he complained on stage and he sold a multi-million dollar performance to Netflix about, you know, getting his butt kicked by Will Smith on, on stage. But I was under the impression that he had accepted, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we need to follow up, see if see if that's indeed the case. Well, so where do Will, we go for it? No, I say Will Smith has reached out, but he has not gotten any, Chris Rock has not responded. I see. Okay. I didn't know that. Where do we go from here? I think I looked to, because, you know, let's be honest, like Denzel Washington, you know, he's approaching his mid 60s, 70s now. To me, he is the grandfather of the African-American community. I feel Will Smith and Chris Rock are that perfect generation that they can still, I hate the word setting 
example, but I'd like them to come. I, I'm all about healing in 2023. I'd like them to sit down, talk and heal. And, you know, poor Will Smith, he actually wins the Academy and he has to give up his, you know, Oscar. Yeah. And just so you know, the reason I'm asking all these questions is because it's a matter of perception throughout the world, throughout this country, the way these things go, a white man does something terrible. And America says that guy is terrible. Black man does something terrible. America, the world says those people are terrible. And so that's why I've been asking those questions because perception matters. You know, in previous podcasts, we talk we talked about how having people of color in movies in important roles, both as the villain and the hero, it's important to represent the full range of our experiences. And I think it's important that we lean into this and speak to the world and address the elephant in the room when it comes to biases and prejudices about black men, especially around around the issue of, you know, what happened on, on that stage, you know, uh, black violence, black on black violence. In some ways, I don't want to oversell this, but it, it is a bit of a metaphor for many of the struggles that exists within the black community. And just, you know, a couple more details, because I was curious. It, Will Smith did issue a formal apology. Chris Rock did decline to press charges against Smith. And on April 1st, 2022, he tendered his resignation from the Academy. But my understanding is they have not formally connected, though Will Smith has reached out to him. And what I don't like is Chris turning some of his midlife anger and transitioning it onto Will if that makes sense. That is definitely one avenue of pushback that I've heard. My perspective is a little bit different. My perspective is if that's your truth, that's your truth. That's the ugliness that's inside you. Speak. And I think that's one of the the reasons why we love comedy, why we love comedians, is that they will say the things that we hide in our hearts. And yes, from a practical standpoint, if you were instructing children, if you're trying to set an example to the world, yes, I would agree with you. But from a human lived experience flawed creatures perspective, I think it's entirely appropriate for comedians to reveal the gems and the warts. That's the way I see it, because sometimes we need to be reminded of our humanity. And part of our humanity is to recognize that we're all flawed, weak creatures. We try our best, but we fall short. And sometimes what, you know, what some of the, some of what's on the inside is kind of ugly. And that's what I appreciate about comedy. Agreed. And I, and I think Chris, Chris Rock is telling his truth. I now think I'd like to see Will Smith tell his truth because I think we're still getting that polished Will Smith. Yes. That controlled Will Smith, the husband of Jada Pinkett, father of I'm bored with that Will Smith. I'd like to see what he's really made of. And I think he could take this opportunity to speak for black men, middle aged men and become part of the healing process and move forward. I'd agree because I think what Will Smith can do that Chris Rock can't do as effectively I think he can speak for people from different racial economic backgrounds. I think Will Smith's appeal in the white community is perhaps more salient to the issues that plague all people uh, than a Chris Rock. I think he's more receptive to white audiences, Will Smith that is, than a Chris Rock. So I, I would love to see that. I would love to see these black men going up there and saying and talking about not only the struggle, but the path forward. And I think this is one of the issues that I that happens in our society. People talk about the problems, but oftentimes there are no proposed solutions. There are no paths laid forward. And I think this is why young people become so disenchanted and they tune out and they just turn to drugs and the Internet. You know, next thing they know, they're 
telling their parents that the world is flat and it's controlled by lizard people because like they 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 disconnect from reality. I agreed. I'd like to see them come together. Well, first of all, I'd like Will Smith to have a real conversation about what led what led up to it. We're getting an apology, but, but I not an explanation. Not an explanation. And I think he's in a position, as you said, he is more of that mainstream person because white men, black men, men in general are also struggling as they find a new role in this world. And I do think Will Smith could be part of that conversation. I think that's a great idea. I completely agree with what you're saying. You know, for the record, I like them both. They're two very different people. I, you know, obviously, Will Smith is from Philadelphia. I love Fresh Prince, but I'd like to see an authentic conversation because we're going on a year now. And we, you know, He's still on Instagram. Will Smith has moved on, but he hasn't done it in an authentic, effective way. And that's what I think is aggravating Chris Rock. And I think the public in general, and he has an opportunity now with the year anniversary of the Academy, you know, of the Academy Awards last year to come out and be authentic and let people know he's in pain because we all are in different reasons. Agreed. Who do you like better, Chris versus Will? As actors or as comedians or just in terms of the whole uh, debate? Just answer the question. I think we can all relate. I think more people can relate to Will Smith's response. Even if you're offended, you get it. You get it because we can all we can all relate to that moment where we're made to feel small and vulnerable and the bully, the loudmouth uh, gets his comeuppance. I'll leave it at that. As you know, 2023 is all about healing for me and I'd like Will Smith to take this opportunity at the year anniversary to, he has reached out to Chris Rock, but I'd like Chris and him to sit down and speak on some type of forum that not only are we healing for men, African American men, but also for the for, for humanity now. We're in a very strange place in this country. They should not be fighting against each other. They should be bringing people together. Who's your sponsor this week, Marie? Springfield Ohio Stelco. Woo woo! Coming up to St. Patrick's Day, the most important holiday of the year. You are Irish, Nick, correct? That I am, lass. That I am. Oh, my God. I personally have two grandmothers that were born in Ireland, so I am a true Irish lass. Springfield Ale House Delco, 773 West Sprawl Road, Springfield, PA, Delaware County. Because, Nick, I know you live in Delaware County, though you try to uh, deny it. Don't remind me. <laughs> Please follow them on Instagram. Call 484-472-6742. If you follow them on Instagram, you'll get all the updated menus, upcoming music. You know, the, the sports is kind of slowing down a little right now. So they are focusing on St. Patrick's Day, Irish music. I'm here. I'm proud to say I'm related to the owners. So please join them, reach out, check out their menus, follow them on Instagram and go have the best appetizers and drinks you're going to find in Delaware County. Thank you for joining us today on the White Bikini. Please follow the White Bikini on all of your favorite podcast platforms and please follow us on Instagram at the White Bikini. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Nicholas. You're welcome, Marie. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone.